the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. And we are live tonight, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and once again, we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, we are now a little over a month into the new year, and we've already seen many new challenges. We've seen extreme weather and flooding. We've seen mass shootings and violence, and not to mention our struggles with the world, the flesh, and the devil. We've got challenges all around us constant challenges that try to keep us from moving forward. And sometimes they cause us to move backward instead. The way we stay in a forward motion is to every day stay in tune with God. Stay in tune with God. Stay in tune with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. Tonight, We bring you part five in our series entitled How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. So for this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you always for that wonderful, uplifting, challenging introduction to this uh, important series uh, that we've been sharing with a listening audience on, uh, you know, this powerful teaching on, uh, you know, how to stay in tune with the master tuner. What a title. And uh, I said last week that when you see that you are a nobody, God can take a nobody and make a nobody out of somebody. And this kind of really feeds into this uh, message today. And that's why I want to kick that off by saying that. And one of the greatest examples of somebody who humbled himself uh, in the fashion of being a nobody in the culture of his day, but he was somebody because he was God incarnate in the flesh. And that was Jesus Christ. But he emptied himself, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, that great kenosis chapter. He laid aside the right to act as God, but he never ceased being God. He laid aside the prerogative, the rights to always act as God, but never cease. You know, that was a tremendous thing to do, to come and humble himself and And that's why John the Baptist gave us the greatest theology. And when he said, he must increase and we must decrease, that's so important that we pray that prayer every day in our lives, you know. So, you know, uh, I had said last uh, time that the greatest example of someone who uh, got himself to the place of never depending on himself, became a nothingness in the midst of 
God the Father. He just, everything that he wanted to do, it was nothing. But everything that the Father wanted him to do was everything. And we can learn some great lessons from that in our lives. Now, Jesus never did anything contrary or independent of his Father in heaven. And that's why he said in Matthew 6, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, when we look at uh, John 5, we looked at that last time, John chapter 5, I want to call your attention to that. In John chapter 5, we learned some tremendous things about the way Jesus went about doing ministry. And we can learn a lot from this in John chapter 5. And how many of us have really studied John chapter 5 in relationship to Jesus saying that he can do nothing. He was totally dependent upon his father uh, apart from anything else. And that's the attitude that we have to have as well in order for God to use us and to bless us. And so Jesus is the greatest example of one who stayed in tune with the master tuning. And it tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now, a lot of times when we talk about him emptying himself of the right to always act as God would never cease. You know, most of the time when, we, when preachers talk about Philippians chapter 2, they talk about the divinity, but not the humanity. And they don't balance that out. And it's important for us to balance it out. And if he laid aside certain uh, things in his life, we have to do that likewise in order for God to use us. Now, in John chapter 5, we learn about Jesus had healed. Let me give you some background on this. In John chapter 5, we learn about Jesus had healed a, a man who had not been able to walk for 38 years. It was a powerful and astonishing and surprising miracle. But there was a, a serious, serious problem too. Why? Because Jesus had did this on the Sabbath day. And according to the traditions of the Pharisees, you are not supposed to heal on the Sabbath day at all. Unless you are, uh, you know, uh, the person's life is in danger. That was the only exception that they had, and unless the person's life was in danger. Now, Jesus' defense against these false charges is that he only did exactly what the Father wanted him to do. And we see this in these passages and these verses of Scripture in John chapter 5. Now, in the body of my message, that was the intro, but in the body of my message, I want to share with you three major points on how Jesus was perfectly in tune with the master tuner. Three major points on how Jesus was perfectly in tune with the master tuner. Let me get into number one, and we want to encourage you to get to a table and to get your pen and your Bibles and follow along. Uh, number one. Jesus did nothing on his own. That's the first point. Jesus did nothing on his own. You see in John chapter 5, verse 19, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, the son, notice what he says, the son can do nothing on his own or of himself or of his accord. Again, in John chapter 5 and verse 30, Jesus once again said, I am, I can do of mine own self nothing. I can do nothing of my own. And again, in the same uh, verse, verse 30 of John 5 and verse 30, Jesus says, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So what Jesus is saying here in the context of John chapter 5, Jesus is telling them that he didn't decide to heal this man, but God decided to heal this man through him. That was Jesus' argument. 
I, you know, uh, he wasn't just doing this on his own. He was doing this because God told him to do it. And the religious leaders were supposed to respect that. But because they didn't respect Jesus, they didn't respect God. Because Jesus said, if you don't honor me, you don't honor the Father. You know, he made that clear. Now, that is not to say that Jesus couldn't have healed him, healed him or others on that day if he had wanted to. But it was just to say that it is not how Jesus operated. Jesus didn't operate or act on his own or independent of the Father. Jesus acted and operated dependent upon his Father every day in tune with the Master Tuner. And if we operate and act dependent every day in tune with the Master Tuner, I believe a revival will break out in our personal life, in our churches, community. If we solely depend upon the master tuner and never sway away from that, God can break out a revival in our hearts and in our churches, in our, in our community. Now, number two, Jesus was always in prayer the closest possible relationship with his father. Jesus was always in prayer, and this was the closest possible relationship with his father, and he never swayed away from this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, Luke chapter 6, verse 12, the context says that Jesus prayed all night. Verse 12 says, and it came to pass, in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continue. Notice it says all night in prayer to God. Now that's serious. So most of the time we pray for a few minutes and pray a lot of times we're in trouble. But Jesus went to a mountain and prayed all night because he's getting ready to make a decision on what disciples he wanted to choose. And Jesus was always in prayer, constantly praying with the master to him question what what about you uh, they said one of the great contributors to revivals in the 1800s was that people would pray four to five hours a day and jesus was in constant prayer with god the father so he would know what god was up to and what he wanted him to do what about you are you thinking like that we would stay out of a lot of trouble if we thought like that. Now, in John 5 and verse 19, Jesus said, what he sees the Father doing, the Son likewise does also. In John 5, verse 20, Jesus said, for the Father loveth the Son and shows him all things that he himself doeth. And then in John 5 and verse 30, Jesus says, oh, I hear. Hear from who? The Father in prayer, an unwavering prayer lifestyle with the master tuna. Jesus was in constant, perfect prayer, constant, perfect fellowship with the Father. And because of this, both saw, he both, he both saw and heard all that the Father was up to as the master tuna. And Jesus saw and heard all that the God wanted him to do in each situation. So there would be no confusion when he did ministry and there would be no confusion, but he would get a clear understanding of the master tuning. What about you? You see, we have a lot of confusion in our lives on what is God's will? What does he want me to do? What is the future set up for me? Well, my friend, just constantly deny yourself. Take up his cross and follow him and be led by the spirit. He'll show you because he said, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and no one can pluck them out of my, my hand. Number three, and thirdly and finally, Jesus did exactly what the Father wanted him to do. In John 5, verse 19, Jesus said, he only does what he sees the Father doing. Jesus said, for whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. In verse 30, of John 5, chapter 5, Jesus said, 
I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Oh, this is good stuff. Now, whatever God specifically told Jesus, that is what Jesus did, because Jesus was in complete submission and obedience to the master tuna. That should be our prayer. Jesus is the greatest role model for all of us to follow in being in tune with the master tuna. Now, let me say this uh, in conclusion. To sum up everything I'm saying, we are praying that God will bring you to the place where you will follow the master tuna in everything you do. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Brother Garrett. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to give you an opportunity to call in. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call tonight. We have plenty of time in the broadcast to entertain your questions, comments, your concerns. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Again, that number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5329. All right, well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Now's the best time to call at the front end. Don't wait to the last two seconds in the broadcast to give us a call and expect us to be able to answer your question properly. Give us a call right now. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And we just want to honor and appreciate all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith these many years. We can't thank you enough. It's a prayer-driven ministry. We need the prayers of the faithful to keep this thing going. It's such a vital thing, and we appreciate the many, many hours of prayers that have gone up over the last 20 years for this broadcast. And also, we want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially. You have been generous, you have been faithful, and you have kept this show on the air. And so we totally appreciate all your efforts. We thank you for your prayers, and we thank you for your giving. There's two ways that you can donate to Contending for the Faith. One is address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier, simply go online to contendingfaith.org, that's contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that uh, we have all of our broadcasts um, now in podcast form. So if you miss any of our episodes, any of the shows, or if you want to go back and review past shows, you can go to kfax.com at the top of the banner, look up Contending for the Faith, and you'll be able to uh, just click into the podcast and you'll see all the episodes there for your choosing. So they're great for Bible studies, for devotionals, for, for whatever you, you like. There's tons of information there available. So we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Second thing we want you to take advantage of is Dr. Buckner himself. You say, what do you mean by that? Take advantage of Dr. Buckner. Yes, take advantage of Dr. Buckner because he has a wealth of information. And if your church wants to grow in wisdom, knowledge of the Lord, have Dr. Buckner come out and do a seminar. He's done tons of them throughout the the Bay Area, many, many churches. He's uh, visited, done workshops, uh, multi-day seminars on 
the essentials of the Christian faith, on the doctrine of the Trinity, on numerous topics. And every time, it's a blessing for that church. It's a blessing for that community. And it's a blessing, Lord God, for, for all of those folks who are, who are going to gain that knowledge and share it and be a blessing. It's like a ripple effect. And so we want to encourage you to give Dr. Buckner a call and have him come out to your church. Encourage your pastor to give him a call. You can reach him at area code 415-721-1778. Area code 415-721-1778. Call Dr. Buckner and take advantage of his many, many years of uh, Bible training and experience and knowledge of God's word. You won't regret it. You'll be blessed. Your church will be blessed. Your community will be blessed. I uh, can't stress this enough. It's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. All right, Dr. Buckner, you can give me that $20 now. For, no, it's, not. <laughs> it, it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> All, right. All right. You ready to go, go to the phone lines? Let's, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. We have Brother Rick on line two, I guess. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed, Dr. Buckner. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm blessed. And oh, good. It's question. always good to hear your voice. You have a question mm-hmm. that would interest everybody? Okay, what's where, on your heart? Okay, where in the Old Testament does it discuss the age of accountability, and where in the New Testament does it discuss the age of accountability? Oh, okay, that's, that's a very good question, Brother Rick, and uh, because uh, the subject of accountability is something that has mm, created a lot of controversy, especially amongst um, sometimes Roman Catholics, where they believe that, you know, the kid has to be sprinkled in order to uh, be uh, saved, um, in order to be covered by God, uh, because they haven't... Uh, uh, reach the age of accountability, so they have to be sprinkled. And uh, I happen to differ from that view. <clears throat> and excuse me. And uh, the reason why, because the Bible teaches a different view than that. And you remember Jesus, I'll, I'll get to what Jesus said on this um, after I kind of go into the Old Testament. Um, let me uh, share a scripture uh, with you on that question. And some of the listening audience might want to look at this scripture because you asked where in the Old Testament does it talk about pretty much the age of accountability or uh, alludes to it. It doesn't use the word accountability, but alludes to it. And that would be uh, in uh, your Bible. Uh, You can turn to uh, Isaiah 7 and 16. Isaiah 7 and 16 uh, it says there, <clears throat> for before the child, now notice it says before the child uh, shall know. In other words, before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, uh, the land of the, the heart shall be forsaken of both her kings. So what this is saying here, that there is a time when a child does not know good and evil. And so uh, we don't know what that age is. I mean, a lot of times the young Hebrew boys went into war around 12. Uh, Jesus went to the temple at 12, so it could be close to that age. But a lot of times it depends upon uh, one's maturity. You know, uh, like Matthew Henry wrote the Matthew Henry commentary. Uh, it's, you know, he was able to read the Bible through at the age of five. So a lot of times it depends upon one's maturity. Now, that, so that's the Old Testament uh, passage. But when you get to the New Testament, uh, I would encourage people to go to Romans chapter 7. And so in Romans chapter 7, and uh, look at verse 9. And the Apostle Paul, he says here, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 9, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, 
sin revived, and I died. So what is the Apostle Paul saying? Okay, he says, for I was alive without the law once. So when was that? Was it when he was a was it was it when he was a Pharisee? Couldn't been, because the the law uh, condemned him. Was it when he became a Christian? No, because he died to sin in Christ. So when was this? When he was alive apart from without the law? Once he mentions uh, alive apart from the law once. When was that? That was when he was a child. You know, Paul really hits this, uh, hits you right between the eye on this thing. You know, for I was alive without the law once. In other words, the law couldn't touch him when he was a child. But when he grew up and he started learning, you know, that's when the commandments came. The commandments came and sin sprang up and he died. So pretty much that is the the perspective of the Old Testament and also the New Testament. Hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. It makes me think of some, some of my own experiences. I mean, when I was young, of course, I was exposed to a lot of Hebrew school teaching. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was bar mitzvah, I was supposed to take part in uh, being part of the temple or the mm-hmm. synagogue. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a response. I had something that I was accountable to. Mm-hmm. But there, there was no there was no clear definition in the Bible mm. about about a specific age. The only age I knew is that usually when you were about thirteen, you were bar mitzvah, mm-hmm. and okay. you, you were ready to take the responsibilities of a man. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was exposed to that. And then one of the, one of the other interesting things you brought up, it made me think about something because you know when I think of Saint Jude, what well, I, I think you know they they talk about the treatment of cancer for uh, for very young young children, mm-hmm. and and I'm wondering if one of their fears is uh, that uh, they they would they would they would not have their salvation if they did not go through the Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and definitely. I'm, mm-hmm. I wonder if I mean Saint Saint Jude does a good thing, mm-hmm. but there's also a fear behind it. Oh yeah, that's the thing that uh, even uh, you know traps a lot of people regarding you know the end of time. Uh, you know, oh, I don't want to be here. I want to get away, and I don't want to be here. I want to be around the Antichrist and everything like that. Uh, fear. We have to not let fear control us. We got to let faith. And so fear can operate in so many different ways to neutralize us and sterilize us and, uh, you know, get us not thinking the biblical way. But do you have any prayer requests, Brother Rick, before we let you go? Nothing new. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep saying with the same prayer request. Just uh, pray pray for strength. Around my health, okay. That, that, that I take care of my body. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's well, for a lot of people that don't know that are listening tonight, Rick used to be our uh, phone counselor uh, for years and years and years. He mentored uh, uh, Minister Manning, who's no longer amongst us now. He passed about a little bit, bit ago, and uh, Rick uh, took over. And uh, Rick actually trained him and uh, mentored Minister Manning. But Rick has uh, had uh, diabetes and Parkinson and lost a leg. So we want everybody to remember him in prayer. Uh, but he's still in our ministry. And uh, one of the brothers in our church uh, pick him up and bring him. And so uh, Rick is uh, a real blessing in many ways. And he used to be one of my He's, he's always been one of my students and got a sharp mind. We appreciate Brother Rick and continue to keep him. Everybody keep him in your prayers. We're going to turn it over to Brother Gary to lift you up in, uh, in prayer right now. All right, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. And we pray once again, Lord God, that you would strengthen him. 
Your word says your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, for your strength upon Brother Rick. We pray right now that you uh, would work a miracle in his life, Lord God. Restore him, heal him, deliver him, and bless him, Lord God. And encourage him always with the right spirit, with the spirit of joy and peace and, sh- and, and, and strength, Lord God. Take away any fear and anxiety in his life and be with him always. Encourage him always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Rick. We appreciate you, Brother Rick. God bless you, brother. Thank you. All righty. We have enough time for... Uh, we can start with uh, Sister Sophia. We've got about three minutes. Sister Sophia, how are you doing? Doing very well. I have to just say quickly um, about the Brother Rick. Brother Rick has been wonderful. He's so fabulous with me. I, I absolutely yap, yap, yap sometimes two hours on the telephone. He's always so patient. You know, sometimes I hear your wonderful sermon, and, and then I want some clarification, and he's so patient, so I just have to say he is such a blessing as, a, as an addition to contending for the faith because he gives me so much time always, always with such respect and love. Amen. Well, he always talks highly of you as well, and uh, we'll just appreciate your connection with Brother Rick, and, and we still refer people to him uh, that because he loves talking to people and, and uh, mentoring them and ministering to them, and he has a great, great mind because uh, I've, I've trained him well, and so I trust him when I delegate people to him, so keep him in your prayers. We appreciate those encouraging words, and uh, you have something on your heart tonight, a question or something? Yes, Comment? I do. And he thinks so highly of you, I don't even want to get started on that. Now, <laughs> what I want to say is, um, I'll try to be brief and maybe after the commercial, I'm very confused about something because Esau and Jacob, now in, when I first read that, I thought Jacob was terrible because he deceives his father, his mother gets him to deceive him, he it, very calculated, puts on care, all that to steal the, the, the blessing from his brother. And yet, he's sort of the one that God loves. And then I don't understand this business about wrestling with God or with an angel, but he was sort of brought to his knees. So if you could explain a little bit about uh, who... And then it seems Esau was the good guy because Jacob thought he was going to come and kill him, but he's gracious. So I don't understand who's the... But God loves Jacob, and Jacob was the the... the the rightful heir. So I'm just very confused if you could explain that to me. Okay, very good. We sure will. Uh, well, what we'll do is, uh, how many minutes we have, Gary, for the commercial? We need to take it right now. So okay, we'll come back. Mm-hmm. All right, it is time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open and we want you to give us a call. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, the area pastor, lecture counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call if you have questions or comments. If you need prayer, we're here to pray for you and with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. Seek God first in everything especially when you're going through stuff, and even when you're not. Keep him first. And the best way, as Dr. Buckner mentioned earlier in the broadcast, to stay in tune with the Master Tuner is through prayer. So we want to encourage you. And also thank you, those of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. Again, it's such a, a, an awesome honor every week to be on the air, to, to uh, minister over these airways. And we can't do it without your prayers. 
It's just that simple. And also, we can't do it without your generous giving. Uh, we want to thank you so much for both of those aspects that keep this ministry going. Uh, it's a prayer-driven ministry, and it's a listener-supported ministry as well. And there's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Just simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, shall we get back to uh, Sophia? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sophia, are you there? Yes. Um, Dr. Buckner, one second. I want to say something before you answer my question. Take two seconds. When you were talking about Jesus, how he's always in line with the Father, I tell you, every time you talk about him, it makes me love him so much more and more. So thank you for that. Anyway, now we'll get to the question. You're welcome. Yeah, what a tremendous uh, teaching of God's Word, uh, where Jesus was in alignment to the Master Tuna, and he never got out of line uh, alignment with his Father. And there's some great lessons for us to learn that we always have the attitude: I'll never do anything apart from uh, my Heavenly Father through Christ, and that's why it tells us and. Uh, Proverbs, lean, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him so he can direct your path. And that's so important for us to do. So thank you for that as well. Well, let me just kind of say this uh, in a nutshell to kind of give you a, a Reader's Digest conversation of uh, uh, Esau and, and Jacob and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of times you'll get uh, the word... Um, Jacob, I, I love and Esau, I hate it. And sometimes when people hear that, they will think, wow, what would God use the word hate? See, the word hate in uh, Jewish vernacular and Jewish culture, it's not like the way we use the word hate. It's uh, talking about priority and uh, prioritizing and putting someone uh, before the other, uh, not in a prideful way, but that's the way God thought. And so, uh, you know, so God ended up uh, saying that even in the book of Habakkuk regarding, you know, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate, because uh, Jacob became the father of the Edomites and the Edomites got deep into idolatry and they had turned their hearts away from God. And God is basically saying, in essence, not so much directly uh, Esau I'm hating, but the pr the pride and the idolatry that God has got his focus on uh, with that, because the name Esau refers to the Edomites who were Esau's uh, descendants. And, and, and God chose Jacob to be the father of his chosen people, the Israelites, because when you think about uh, uh, Jacob, we think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Through those three, uh, that the line of Christ came. You know, he designed it that way. And, but getting to, uh, Jacob and just kind of breaking down, you mentioned the, why did, uh, you know, he wrestled with God? What was, what was going on with that? Why did God wrestle with him when he wrestled with God? Well, there was a reason for that. One major reason was because uh, God was trying to literally knock the pride out of Jacob because Jacob was getting uh, powerful and he was also a trickster. He was tricking his brother, birthright, he tricking every other people. And Uncle Laban really took him to a trickster level because a lot of times when you do something, it'll come back and fire on you. So we see that, uh, you know, Jacob is uh, wrestling with God and what God ended up doing. A lot of people don't realize this and don't know this, but after God got through wrestling with him, 
he uh, got him in such a way where he put, he had a limp put on him. So Jacob walked with a limp and that reminded him of his pride and his arrogance and his trickstership trying to make it without God. He was always trying to make decisions and do things. This kind of fits into uh, my my message tonight. You know, Jesus said, I can do nothing about what Jacob had the attitude. I can do everything I can without God. And so he ended up wrestling with God. God wrestled uh, with him and God uh, got the victory because he put a limp on him and he was walking around limping. And as he limped, it was kind of like Paul's thorn in the flesh. It kept him humble. And that's what Paul says. He said, the thorn in and my flesh uh, that's there, uh, God kept me humble because uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul uh, got to the point where, you know, he starts off with revelations. There were revelations given to him. And, uh, you know, and he says, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But these revelations have come to me. And I'm, I imagine that, uh, the apostles would get together and they were talking about God working through them and it's easy to get prideful. That's why every day you got to pray to God, keep you humble and keep your focus faithful and fruitful, those three ups. And so Paul probably got to the point where he was talking about that revelation that was in Second Corinthians chapter 12. You know, going through, the, he went to the third heaven. He said he saw things that was not lawful for any man to see. So Paul might have been kind of slipping a little bit. Oh, you know, around the table with everybody. Yeah, you know, you guys are talking about revelation, but I went to the third heaven, uh, saw things about. And so when God started seeing that and said, okay, you know, I'm going to allow this thorn in his flesh. And, uh, and Paul mentioned uh, that uh, it kept him humble. It kept him, it kept him faithful and it kept him humble. So you get the same type of scenario with Jacob. God put that, uh, that limp on him, you know, mm -hmm. and with after wrestling with God, God always wins when you try to wrestle with him. He always Dr. wins. Dr. Buckner, uh -huh. can I add something to that real quick? Yes. I was, you know, it's interesting that when you read that account, Jacob to the, all the way up to the last minute was plotting he sent the, uh, all these animals and, and things to placate his brother. He sent mm -hmm. the kids and everybody else yes. ahead of him, right? And I truly believe that he knew if nothing else, he could have ran, right? But God touched the socket of his hip so he couldn't run. Mm -hmm. he, he couldn't do anything but Trust God when you had to face his brother. And sometimes God will lay you out and put you in a position where all you can do, you're forced to trust him so that he can show you his faithfulness, show you that he will take care of you. You know, Jacob was always trying to figure it out, trick it out till the last minute. But God said, no, nope. <laughs> you're going to have to you're going to have to trust me. You're not going to yeah. be able to run. You're not going to be able to fight, really, if it came to that. What, what you going to do? Except trust me. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's an that's a additional good point there. And uh, and that particular area where he could not run uh, from, you know, facing his brother, mm -hmm. uh, he just could not run the rest of his life. Yeah, right. So when, was, when you're talking done. about... You're talking about not running from from Esau. Yeah. God simply said, "I'm going to put you in a position where you can't run from Esau, but you're not going. You're going to have a limp the rest of your life, where you're not going to be able to run. Period. Because that was one thing that the Jewish people uh, loved to do. They loved to run. They loved to exercise. They loved to play games and have fun. But Jacob was sitting up there hobbling along, uh, mm -hmm. not only with the situation that you you mentioned." But he was hobbling along the rest of his life. So God is kind of like hitting him up with the, the, this, the thing you shared about Esau. But he's actually hitting him up every day that he got pain in the morning, mm -hmm. afternoon, evening. And he got pain from that time all the way to the time that he died. 
Because mm-hmm. God says, I'm going to put something there that's going to let you know that I am in charge. Amen. I, I'm, uh, you, I'm in charge, and, and you, you, all this rebellion, all these years that you've been doing, you better you better uh, pay attention to what I want you to do. So that's, that's And it became a remembrance for the people as well. They did not eat that part of the ligament of uh, the animal they were talking about. Mm-hmm. As a, as a, a remembrance of what happened to him, so there was a lot going on in that whole. Oh, it's a whole lot, whole yeah. lot going on. But uh, hopefully, that this what we're sharing with you has has helped you to better understand that, uh, Sophia. I can't believe that. I'm so excited because you know what? That first of all, I didn't know any of that, and what it tells me is God is so fast. It's just like Jesus is in tune with his Father. God is mm-hmm. basically saying, you better humble yourself to me. That's it. And I'm going to put something so you never forget that. And that what a lesson I had tonight. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a lesson. Yeah. He puts things sometime in our lives when we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Uh, as a reminder, and we make our bed sometime, we got a lie in it. And the, the issue is, I'll say this, and we got to get to one more question. You know, uh, I always say, can God forgive sin? Yes, he forgives sin. But sometimes what we set in motion can be with us the rest of our lives. You know, what you set in motion, that's what happened with David. God says, you know, yeah, I'm going to forgive you, but the sword is never going to leave your house after you committed adultery and murder. The sword is going to be uh, constantly jabbing you. And then all the rest of his life, he had suffered and suffered with uh, also, his own son wanted to kill him. So, you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. But can God forgive sin? Yes. But what you, you know, but the conditions of what you set, it can hunt you the rest of your life. You know, some people come to know the Lord, they're forgiven, but they've been smoking all their life. I tell people to stop smoking, you know, keep on smoking and end up later on getting lung cancer, you know, what we set in motion can come back and haunt us. But thank you so much for your call and your question. Glad to help you out. Nice. All right. All right. Looks like uh, Alfred called back. I think he's on the air. Let's see if we can. Brother Alfred, Alfred, are you there? Is Brother Alfred, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, Gary Bell. Yeah, Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Gary I'm Bell going to address your question that you have. Yeah, Go ahead, Gary Brother Gary. So, Alfred, you wanted your question was about heaven. What will it? Yeah. What will heaven? What will heaven be like? Well, yeah, what will heaven be like, Gary Bell? Well, for instance, first thing I want to say is the scripture says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord, right? So, when we die as believers we will be in God's presence, right? There's no purgatory. There's no uh, in-between place, no limbo, as a lot of Catholic tradition wants to teach us. Um, you, you either in God's presence with him or you are uh, going to hell. So I tell people all the time, I want to hear well done. I don't want to be well done. So we want to be in heaven and hear Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. So what will heaven be like? We know that when we get to heaven, we will have a spiritual body. There's no more crying, no more suffering, no more pain, no more aches and pains, none of that stuff. And if you have been blind, you'll be able to see. If you were lame, you'll be able to walk. We'll have spiritual bodies. Uh, A lot of people say, well, will we be able to recognize our loved ones? The answer to that is yes, because when you get to heaven, you're not going to be dumber than you are. Uh, we're on earth. We'll know our loved ones. We'll be known. And we'll also be face to face with God. Um, so that's what's happening now. When believers die, they go to heaven. But they're also in heaven awaiting Jesus's return to earth, at which point we will all that have died in Jesus receive as a glorified body. So that's a different type of body than what folks in heaven have right now. Does that make sense so far? Right. I can barely hear you, Alfred. Yeah, we, you're you're breaking up. We can barely hear you. What were your question? 
Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Gary Bell. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, good. We don't right. have time left in the broadcast. Maybe we can uh, apologize. We thought you were taking the question off the air like you normally do. We would have uh, answered your call right away. So apologize for that. But if you want to call back next uh, Saturday night, we can continue this conversation and we get a little more in-depth and talk about the glorified body and the difference between that body and what's uh, a spiritual body. Yeah, just let me quickly add to this, too, uh, to what you already shared, that it'll, it'll be a place that we will be worshiping uh, throughout eternity and fellowship yep. throughout eternity. But also, it will be a place that we will be working as well because, um, you know, God has given us spiritual, he's given us talents, he's given us gifts. And, you know, when it talks about, you know, uh, God gave 10 talents, five talents, 20. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, some people will be rewarded. There'll be a place of rewards and, mm -hmm. you know, there as well. So when we get to heaven, uh, we will be working, but we'll also be a place of uh, ever learning because we don't know enough about the universe, much less God. So we'll be ever learning about God and about Christ, about the Holy Spirit and about the universe. We will explore the universe and learn all about the universe. So there's so much compact in your question. Gary did a good job. I just want to add those few things. Mm -hmm. uh, but like Gary said, next week, if you want us to continue on this, we will. But Gary. All right. Well, it looks like uh, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank uh, Miles, our engineer tonight, filling in for Vince. Great job, Miles. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And we'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program as well. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.